Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Dono. Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, October 20th, 1020, baby. Are we happy it's Friday or what? I see you guys. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here, for subscribing, hitting the like button, of course, listening to the show, giving a five-star rating and review. I see you guys. I appreciate you guys. We have so many interesting things to talk about today because good TV happens on Thursday and man, oh man, I've got some good stuff to talk to you about. And one of the, one of the stories of course includes my favorite AI bachelor of all time, Gary. I love Gary. Hello, Gary. I'm so excited about it. We're going to talk about golden bachelor. We're going to talk about Southern charm, of course. And then I have a few other stories that I want to give it to you, give you guys before we get into it and looking forward to it. All right, let's get into the show. All righty, you guys, I do have to say, we do have an unfortunate update from Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelos, and it does have to do with our sex life. In this week's story of are you effing kidding me? Is this still news? Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelos shared on their Friday episode of Live with Regis and Kathy Lee. <laughs> because it will always be Regis and Kathy Lee to me. On Regis and Kathy Lee, i.e. Kelly and Mark, Kelly and Ryan, Kelly and Michael, Regis and Kelly. Oh my gosh. On this week's episode... Or today's episode, we find out that Kelly Ripa doesn't o- doesn't always want to have sex with her husband. Although she used to want to always have sex with her husband. That's what we heard, that they had the most insane sex life, that they're always having sex. Now we hear from Kelly Ripa that essentially sometimes she acts like a frog. And essentially she pretends to be a frog, which is faking your own death. So that you don't have to mate with your partner. So... Maybe we went from maybe we went from having all the sex, so much sex, to now we don't have sex. Like they're trying to figure out where are we going to be relatable here. If we talk about the fact that we can't stop effing, maybe that's like what people will want to hear. Oh, 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 no, they don't want to hear that. Pivot, pivot, reverse, back that truck up. Now we don't have sex anymore. So Kelly and Mark are still either not having sex or having so much sex. We don't know. But the craziest part about this is that did you ever think that a morning show other than Howard Stern would talk so much about sex? A morning show with an audience that probably ranges somewhere between 50 to 100. Like are young people watching, are young people watching um, Regis, I mean, Kelly, (laughs) Kelly and Mark, are they? I used to watch it growing up, like when I was, um, homesick or on the summer, whatever I would watch Regis, which is why it's always Regis to me. Regis to me felt like my grandpa. I loved him, but I don't think that people like, I'm just curious. I want to know the demographic of, of Kelly and Mark. I would like to know. I would imagine at least in their upper forties and up or like who are making sure to turn tune in every morning at 9am. All right. Well, Interesting, interesting slash who cares? Who cares? In today's who cares news. Now, here's another piece of news that I thought was kind of a little bit like, oh gosh, are we really doing this again? Is Britney Spears. Britney Spears is all over the news, of course, for her book, The Woman and Me, which I have pre-ordered. And I know a lot of you guys have as well. We're all in this together. Um, I believe that we have now learned probably everything there is to know about Britney Spears' book. It's like, stop, stop telling us. I want to put a kibosh on Britney Spears' news because I want to be surprised when I'm listening to Michelle Williams read the book, right? So Britney Spears, the newest news. And if you guys don't want to hear this, I guess there's going to be timestamps later for a reason. But the newest news about this 
is, okay, so now here are the things that we know so far. Just to give you guys a rundown. We know Britney Spears had an abortion with Justin Timberlake. We know that Britney Spears, while she was having the abortion or while she was making the decision or really depressed about the abortion, he would just sit in the corner and strum his guitar. We know that he broke up with her over a text message. We knew, we know that she has cheated on him with Wade Robson, or she had cheated on him with the choreographer Wade Robson. Here's another thing that um, we just learned today, that Britney Spears was not a virgin when she got into the relationship with Justin Timberlake. She did not lose her virginity to Justin Timberlake. Y'all, Britney Spears, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman, lost her virginity when she was a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Guys, I don't know what age kids are having sex these days. I really don't. This is like the sex episode. So I'm sorry, you guys. But I don't know what like a typical age was. I remember when I was in high school, I was like a late bloomer. I was a college girl, freshman in college. Um, But I remember I had a couple girlfriends who were like starting to have sex when we were 13, 14. And I thought, oh my God, that feels so young. Like even then I was like, that seems so crazy. I was so scared too. I was like a little prudy girl at that time. Um, don't tell me that you guys are saying middle school. No, no. Well, listen, you guys, I have a 10 and an eight year old son. Um, sons. So I'm like a little bit behind that. And that is terrifying to know. Holy moly. Anyway, I believe the best time to ever lose your virginity is not probably when you're 13 and younger, but that's just, you know, I'm not judging anyone. I just don't imagine unless you're in like a beautiful, loving relationship. But yeah, it was, I guess, with one of her brother's friends, which couldn't have been good. He was a senior. And she was a freshman. But then, like, what was this whole virginity play that they were playing with us? These, it was such a marketing ploy. She even said in 2003, she publicly said that Justin Timberlake was the only person she had ever slept with. So, like, I guess at the end of the day, we should know this already at this point that, like, we can't believe anything we read, right? We just can't. We can't believe everything we read. We can't believe everything we hear. All these people are, especially people like Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake at that point, they were so under their management's kind of wings. And remember at that time, there wasn't, there wasn't social media. So like all we knew about all these artists were exactly what they were kind of portraying under like behind the scenes, right? Like under, how can you say it? Like, um, what they, they were giving us what they wanted us to hear, but we didn't know anything which is why I think this is also interesting because so much is being revealed now in Britney Spears' life just from seeing and watching her dance in her living room and seeing all these videos that we're seeing on social media. But in the Justin Timberlake days, when we were all obsessed with Britney and Justin in those days, we didn't have social media. So we didn't know what was happening behind the scenes. Now, I'm getting a lot of comments in my um, on my social and like YouTube and stuff saying, why are we just believing Britney Spears' word? Are we just going to believe everything she said? Possible. Possible that some of it is is not the truth. But at this point, I don't see the, the, the reasoning for lying. Do you guys agree? Like, I personally don't believe that there would be a, a catalyst to lie about things that happened so long ago, especially if they don't make her look great. Like, that she cheated that she had sex when she was younger. You know, there's so many different um, things there that I don't believe. I personally do not believe that she would release any of this unless it was true. That being said, I have tried to write, not my memoir, but I've tried to be a writer. I'm not a writer, okay? I've tried this. It's not an easy thing to do. I can't imagine Britney Spears was like just able to pour this all out. She must have had, you know, co-writers with her slash ghostwriters. I want to talk to them. Like I'm dying to know how they got all this information out of her. What was the process of writing this book? Especially because of all the different medications and so on and so forth. It's just, it's all really interesting. But 
a lot of you guys are saying, oh, this is interesting. One person says, why lie? And the next person says it may be her truth, but not the actual truth. Well, I mean, come on. That's like kind of in general from any memoir we ever read. Like Jada Pinkett Smith, right? Hate to bring her up again. But in her memoir, she says that Tupac proposed to her. And she was engaged to Tupac, or she was going to be engaged, I guess, to Pac is what she calls it. And then a lot of people are saying, hey, this doesn't check out. If you look at the timeline, it really doesn't check out. So the truth is, like, anytime you have an, a memoir, I guess you're able to say this is my depiction of events. This is my stories of what, you know, have happened without kind of putting yourself in a position of getting being able to get sued. But I guess if she's saying something that is severely untrue about Justin Timberlake and he wanted to, and he wanted to prove that it wasn't him, he could go back and sue. I mean, he could, right? Now, Justin Timberlake is really trying to take this, like, I am better than that. I've moved forward. I'm focusing on my family. Why live in the past? Which I can see why he would want to do that. Like from a PR perspective, this is really bad for him. A lot of this stuff, I imagine they don't, well, I imagine the book doesn't portray him the best. I don't know if his fans will turn on him or anything, but, um, but I think they were all, they were all involved in this like bad behavior or good behavior or whatever, any of that. I would be interested to know. Well, you guys have really, you know, pushed me to go deep into, and that's what she said, go deep into Justin Timberlake. I'm going to go deep and hard into Justin Timberlake in a journalism sense for my Patreon. So I do deep dives over on Patreon. I've done one on um, Bijou Phillips. I've done one now on Rachel Hollis, and I will definitely, I'm starting to do research on a Justin Timberlake one. And being someone like me who grew up watching the Mickey Mouse Club, so I've been basically growing up with Justin Timberlake, this will be interesting to go back into kind of behind-the-scenes stuff, things that people don't really know about, you know, how he was back in those teen days, in his 20s, and then, of course, even up until his marriage with just Jessica Biel, um, have heard wonderful things and have had heard bad things. So we'll have to see what you know, what the story is. One of the questions that came and just said, did he cheat with Christina Aguilera? Most people like are quick to assume that that's who it is, but actually it looks like it's a live. He cheated on Jessica Biel with Olivia Munn. He cheated on Britney Spears, apparently with Jenna Dewan. This is like the alleged things that I'm hearing from different creators that I'm following that have, you know, people have their scoop. You know, we can only do so much with the scoop, but I like it. Um, so anyway, on, we'll have to, I'm still buying the book. I mean, Britney Spears can tell me anything right now, but I still want to hear it, especially now that I know that Michelle Williams is reading it because I think it will be a work of art. Shockingly a work of art. You guys, another person that you're all really interested in, maybe not all of you, but a lot of you guys are interested in me deep diving is Cheryl Burke. So those of you that don't remember who Cheryl Burke is, she was a Dancing with the Stars pro for many seasons. And more recently, she left the show. She had an alcohol addiction, so she got sober. And she was married to the hotter of the Lawrence brothers, Matthew Lawrence. He was the, he's the middle brother. And she was married with him, married to him and then recently ended that marriage. I don't know if he ended it with her, but they broke up. And he then went off to date the girl from TLC. What's her name again? Chili? Chili from TLZ, TLC. This is like, it's like a 90s fever dream, right? Well, Cheryl Burke has had her, um, how can I say this in a really nice way? Cheryl Burke has had her issues, like in a public sense, right? She's definitely had like some public meltdowns. She's definitely had some um struggles out there. And a lot of it is because probably of maybe some addictions or whatever, but we've heard from her many times over the years about, you know, maybe some various depression or just struggles, right? So I asked Lance, he doesn't have any, um, you know, Lance works on Dancing with the Stars for those of you that don't know that part. He doesn't have any like actual, you know, knowledge of any reason why this is, but Cheryl Burke just announced that she will not be participating in the October 24th episode of Dancing with the Stars, 
which will be a tribute to the late judge, Lynn Goodman. She says she was not invited and she says she'll be there in spirit. Can't wait to cheer on her former colleagues. Um, a lot of the older dancers like Max Tremovsky, I'm probably saying that wrong, Kim Johnson, Tony Dovolani, Annie Trebanskaya, Adita, Karina Smirnoff, haven't heard of her in so long, Louis Van Amstel and Mark Ballas, a bunch of them will appear in the special. Um, it's interesting. Um, I think, so she appeared in 26 seasons of the show before announcing her retirement in November, 2022. She um, wrote a loving tribute to him when he died saying there are not enough words to describe how much Mr. Len Goodman made an impact in my life. Now, I don't know specifically what it is, but my guess, my guess is that she has a podcast called Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans. And in that podcast, she talks heavily about her experiences in a lot of things, but also Dancing with the Stars. I am not someone that has listened to the podcast, but just knowing that she was at that dinner with Bethany the other night, my guess is that most likely she probably is not speaking very highly of the franchise or of the show, of the business, maybe of some of the people on the show. I'd like to do more of a deep dive and I will, but I do think that that's probably where this stems from. It's probably from some sort of like dancing with the stars feels like if you're, if you were on the show and you leave the show and you go and talk badly about the show, it's not going to be something that we want to promote. Like we don't want to reward you to come back on the show if you've left and talked badly about it, which I think she's done. I think she has talked badly about um, a few different players there. And that's the truth. At the end of the day, like when it comes to these shows, and this is all reality shows, when it comes to these shows, the way it works is that if you leave a show, and you then go, or if you could still be on the show, but you talk badly about a producer or talk badly about the network or the studio or about people kind of behind the scenes, you're now a problematic cast member and they don't need you, right? They don't want people on the show that are talking shit about them. It makes a lot of sense, right? Would you want someone working for you who was going on social media talking shit about you? Probably not, right? So I do think there is like a little bit of bitterness and um, strange stuff there, but I will do some more research about that because I'm interested in it too. All right, another story that hit the news waves yesterday, which was, this is going to be a banger, is Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair is dropping what they are calling like a very, very intense and deep, again, sounds horrible and sexual, probe into the inner workings of Bravo. So page six reported this yesterday. It's going to be dropped in the next few weeks. Lots of rumors about this for the last few months about this article going on. For six months, Vanity Fair has been really going and, and speaking to former housewives, former people in that housewives universe. I don't know if it's all Bravo or just housewives, but really speaking of a lot of people all about the idea of, you know, what was it like? How were you mistreated? Were you forced to drink alcohol? What did it do bad for your career? Did the producers push you into this? Like all the stuff that we're hearing kind of from the Bethany reality reckoning. So why is this? Okay, number one, I will say I am the first to admit that if there's a Vanity Fair, like, you know, deep kind of reporting about anything like this, about anything really, I'm in. I love reading Vanity Fair deep dives. Like, I am all about it. So of course I'll be reading this, but why is this kind of like a big deal? I think number one, Vanity Fair is legit, right? They do definitely feel like a legitimate magazine. They they've done really deep um, pieces on Harvey Weinstein and on Scientology and like a bunch of different things that we've all been very interested in. I'm sure we're going to read a lot of stuff that maybe either we didn't know that we'll be surprised by or also will solidify the fact that maybe a lot of people were not treated well under Bravo's care. Um, I think that you can probably find examples of people that were unhappy about Bravo and happy about Bravo. It really just depends. It's just like any work experience, right? If you work at Starbucks, I'm sure there's people that leave working at Starbucks and say, that was the best job I ever had. And then there are people saying that was the worst job I ever had. I really do believe that you can have two similar, like people going through two similar experiences and take off exactly like opposite reactions to that experience, right? 
The second thing that I will say about this that makes me a little bit nervous is they're planning on dropping it right around BravoCon. It says the next few weeks. Right now it's October 20th. Next week is um, the end of this week will be next week is October 27th. And then the final, the next following week is BravoCon. So we have two weeks until BravoCon. So if they drop this right around BravoCon, I wonder if it will make any sort of dent in like the reporting of BravoCon. I don't think it's going to stop anyone from going to go like to, from going to BravoCon. I think if you're in and you have tickets, you're going to BravoCon no matter what. But I wonder if it's going to give people like a bad taste in their mouth if they hear something horrible. That being said, I do believe that we've all probably assumed the worst, like from what we could hear. How bad could it really be from some of these former housewives that are still very active on social media? I'd be interested to know, like if we're going to get anything that we're shocked by that we didn't hear before. It's a story. And obviously, you know, we're going to be watching that definitely. Um I'm actually really interested in it. And I'm sure Andy, I don't know if Andy's shitting his pants. Like I'd be interested to know how Bravo actually feels about this. They're kind of pretending like, okay, whatever, like say what you want. But I can't imagine that Bravo and NBC Universal are not like a little bit nervous, you know? It's it's all a lot. Okay. Let's get into um, one final story before we get into Golden Bachelor. So, you guys, it was announced officially last night that Kyle Richards and Teddy Mellencamp will be on um, Watch What Happens Live on premiere night, on Real Houses of Beverly Hills premiere night. And here's the thing about this. I have heard other things. I had heard that it was going to be Kyle Richards and another woman. And I'm not going to name her because we don't want to throw anyone under the bus. But yes, another woman. If you're guessing who I'm... You know, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, I would imagine you know the same. This part of it is confusing to me. Okay. Okay, I'm talking about Morgan Wade. Okay, obviously. So Morgan Wade is performing tonight at the Greek Theater, which is here in LA. The fact that I'm not going, I'm devastated. I would go because now I see that Kathy Hilton is going and I'm like, oh my gosh, what a star sighting experience this could be if we could go and see all of like the Richard sisters and like kids and whatever all dancing around. But Morgan Wade is performing tonight. She is then, according to her schedule, off of her tour until January. So she is technically available next week to go on the show. Number two, if Kyle is truly doing this documentary and truly doing all of this kind of hanging out with her, you know, to bait the audience and the press and stuff. If that's the case, and it's re- really, truly just to boost Morgan Wade's career, I think she would die to get her on Watch What Happens Live. I mean, why wouldn't you, right? If Kyle really is doing this, this friendship and this documentary and everything to boost Morgan Wade's career, you would say, Andy, get Morgan Wade on the show with me because I want more people to know about Morgan. There's something going on there. There's something odd that Morgan is not going to be on the show, but Teddy will. My uh, spidey sense is that Morgan and Kyle were supposed to be on the show together. And last minute, there was some sort of a pivot, whether it was from Kyle's family, whether it was from Kyle's team, whether it was from someone, Morgan's team, that basically said, this is not the right time. This is not the right look. Let's pull her out. Let's put in another one of Kyle's, you know, friends because Kyle probably doesn't want to do the show with anyone that she can't fully trust. And let's leave it that. I do want to know if, um, I do want to know if Andy does ask the hard questions and we all are hoping that he does. And I really, really hope he does. I like, I'm dying to know. I really, I want to know what she has to say about all this. Um, Kyle has been pretty quiet on social media, lots of posting about like her Amazon live but that's it. Also, also Morgan Wade, I guess, released a new song. It's on YouTube. It's called Halloween, which is interesting considering that Kyle's been on both Halloween movies. Here's another thing that I thought was interesting. Um, I was at a birthday party a couple weeks ago, my son's friend's party. So it was a kid's party and I'm hanging out and I'm just like doing my thing. And some guy starts playing this music a dad like has music playing on his phone next to me. And I'm like, who 
is that? Because I recognized the voice and he was like Morgan Wade. And I was like, Are, why? Like, you're listening to Morgan Wade? And he's like, I love Morgan Wade. And I said, excuse me, what? I'm sorry, come again? He says, I love Morgan Wade. I listen to Morgan Wade all the time. I'm obsessed with her. I'm so excited. She's going to be here in LA. And I was like, hold the phone. There's people, I mean, I'm sure there are because you guys all know, a lot of you guys know who Morgan Wade is, but I was shocked that a dad in my circle like really knew. And this is the craziest thing is that we're talking about Morgan Wade and another dad is walking by and he goes, I love Morgan Wade. I'm like, wait, Morgan Wade has an audience with like dads? I thought it was so interesting. Never had heard heard before. And I'm not a country, like huge country, you know, I don't listen to country stations necessarily, but I love country music. I just had never heard about her her. So whatever is happening is working, but yes, why are, why isn't Morgan Wade on watch what happens live? This would be the perfect opportunity. My guess is maybe she's either in the audience or a bartender, which would be weird considering she's sober. So audience is my guess. That's my guess. Okay. Let's, um, let's move on. Let's talk about the, the happiest hour of TV, which is golden bachelor. Who here has watched Golden Bachelor this week? I watched it last night. I was watching it live, y'all. I was watching it live and fast and getting through the commercials. Like, I, that's how much I wanted to watch it. That's how much I needed a palate cleanser in these hard times because man, oh man, right? Oh, Gary. Gary, my AI bachelor. So Gary... The show starts off with Trista. Do you guys remember Trista from season one Bachelorette, the first Bachelorette who is still with Ryan, her firefighter husband. Trista comes, comes, you know, jaunting into the room. Hey guys, here's my advice for you. I want you to be yourself. Here's your date card. She leaves. The women, by the way, they said they're halfway through the experiment. They have like five women left. I'm so confused. Didn't it start with 25 women? Like he's gotten rid of so many within just a few weeks. So five so like there's six or seven women at this point and they read the date card and all the women are like, please don't be on the date card. Please don't be on the date card. Cause if you're not on the group date card, that's when you know that you get to go on the solo date. So he's reading, she's reading out all the names and all the women are just like, yes, yes, yes. And finally he says, she says that Leslie, you're going to get the solo date. And the way that all the women, they're so sweet. The way that all the women are like, Yay! and you know, secretly they're like, B-I-T-C-H, you know? So they go on the group date. Now, the first group date is what else? Pickleball. Because if you think about an activity, something that, you know, people 50 and over are playing, it's pickleball. And by the way, pickleball is great in the 40 crowd too. I love a pickleball. I actually really did fall in love with pickleball in Palm Springs this year. For spring break, we went over there. I had the most fun. Pickleball is a great sport. So anyway, I guess Gary is a pickleball fanatic and he loves it. And he's looking for someone to fit into his lifestyle, his active lifestyle, right? So of course, you know, um, of course, Gary decides to choose this sport or the producers do. I love how the, everyone always thinks it's Gary. By the way, on all of these shows, they're always like, they're so sweet. I'm like, no, the producers came up with that. That's obvious, right? Anyway, they start playing pickleball. I will tell you this, a lot of these women are boring and then some of them are incredibly entertaining. I'm not saying that they're the right pick and there shouldn't they shouldn't be Gary's, but at this point, Kathy through and through. Kathy is the woman who's already given a hard time to Teresa last week for being a show off. Kathy is, she, she knows what she wants. She's a little bit of a tough cookie. She's, she's there to, to win. She's there to win Gary, right? So they start you know, practicing playing pickleball. And April, April, who is like, I, I don't know, April is basically trying out for Vogue. She's constantly putting on makeup, constantly trying to look hot. She comes out there and she's like, whoa, and she falls down on the floor. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. The fact that, you know, people actually took it seriously because if she actually was injured, the medics would run in there in two seconds. They didn't. So I'm guessing that April's like, I'm going to fall producers. And she has this little bit of like a, this, like, I don't know. She's, she does not seem like she even cares about Gary. She's there just to get on TV, to look hot. She falls down on the ground and all the women are like, oh no. And then Gary comes over and she's like, 
Gary, thank you so much. I'm saying it like Jill Zarin. Gary, thank you so much for being here. And then in the off the cuff, like confessional, when they're interviewing them, she goes, um, oh, they call it on the fly. That's what they call it in like production speak. She looks at, at the camera and she goes, and then Gary put my his arm on my shoulder. I was like, what the hell are we watching? She didn't ever get hurt. She was totally lying about it. I mean, these women are pros, if you know what I mean. So then they decide to get into teams and two against two, and they're playing pickleball. We've got Kathy, who's ready to go, and Ellen, who's a professional pick- pickleball player, like she plays all the time. And then the other side, we have um, Nancy, who's just MIA. Like I still don't didn't remember her name. I had to write it down. And we have Sandra, who's adorable. And as they're doing this pickleball, we have Trista and we have Jesse, who is the host of the show, also a former bachelor, and Gary doing some sort of cheesy, um, cheesy like uh sports reporting. I will tell you guys one thing. If you want to laugh, which we all need so many laughs this week because holy shit is the world dark. If you want to laugh, I would highly recommend watching Golden Bachelor just this pickleball tournament because the extras that they got to react and watch the game are some of the the best acting I've ever seen in my life. Like this, whoa! <laughs> I mean, the reactions, whoa! Yes! It's like I can just imagine that production and the camera operators were just walking around. And like going to the crew on like a group of women in this corner and said, okay, I want you guys to all act like someone got hurt. And they were all like, no. I mean, it was as if they were, we, we were watching theater. I mean, we were watching amphitheater style theater where, you know, they always said in theater classes growing up, they always said, if you're performing on TV for camera, you have to make small facial movements. Like you don't have to make everything so over the top, right? Because, because the camera's right in your face. You just have to talk and like show a little bit of motion. You don't have to go so big, but if you're doing theater, you have to do a facial expression so that the person in the last row recognizes who you are. And this is what I was seeing, y'all. This is what I was seeing during these times. These women were, I mean, it was the craziest thing I have ever seen. Meryl Streep of reality shows. It was fantastic. Fantastic. I loved watching every second of it. In fact, one of the audience, one of the people watching in the audience at one point got hit by the ball. She goes, ah! It was as if we were watching like, like a battle scene, like Gettysburg. It was insane. I, I never will forget that moment. In fact, I may rewatch it. I may rewatch it when I'm feeling down, right? So, um, so anyway, this this competition's going on. Jesse goes, Sandra, who happens to have two artificial knees and is missing his her daughter's wedding. So there's a couple things here. Two artificial knees, that's hard enough to play pickleball. But missing your daughter's wedding for The Bachelor? Meanwhile, Joan last week went home because her daughter was struggling. And this one was like, F you, I'm missing my daughter's wedding. I liked it though because she ends up, so, okay. What, here's what happens. The other two players win, Ellen and Kathy, and then they go on to both like hardcore kiss Gary one after the other. It was too much for me. The kissing is a little too much for me. I know that this is going to sound like ageism. And I really am so, uh, I'm so sorry to to sound like this, but you know how when you're a kid, you kind of didn't want to see your mom make out? It's like, mom, please don't do that in front of your, like, even if it's your dad, it's awkward. I don't really want to see him make out. I don't, I don't. And I'm just going to say, I have a hard enough time watching young people make out. I don't know if I want to see old people make out. I just, I, and I don't, I'm not meaning to call them old. I know I'm going to get killed for this. Senior citizens, it's hard. It's hard to watch. Okay. It's hard to watch. Now, meanwhile, Sandra ends up getting the first, um, one-on-one kind of hang with, uh, with Gary and they sit down and he explains to Sandra, I know that you missed your, your daughter's wedding. And he goes, well, I have some good news because we're going to FaceTime her. And in this moment, she's like, he is so sweet. He is so kind, so thoughtful. Okay. 
again, Sandra, I love you. This wasn't Gary's choice. This wasn't Gary's decision. That wasn't Gary's phone. That was a producer's phone. A hundred percent. Right. So she pulls it out. And, she, and, and this was the craziest thing I've ever seen because it was so relatable. It was literally what my mom goes through every time she wants to do something on her phone. She's like, how do we, how do I, how do we FaceTime? And the music is like, nur, 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 nur. and it's two people trying to figure out how to FaceTime on a phone. They FaceTime the daughter. In this moment, I'm, I'm convinced we're going to see a wedding, right? We're going to see the woman, the daughter in a veil. We're going to see her at the church or at the hall, wherever she's getting married. Maybe we'll see, you know, some family members in the background, a glass of champagne, maybe a cake, like something. Oh no, we see a, a woman and a man completely in pajamas, like hanging out in bed. I was thinking to myself, it, it can't be that early in the morning that we're watching this pickleball. And we know we're in the East coast, we're on the West coast. So like if it's 5 PM, just say it's 4 PM here on the West coast, it's 7 PM in the East coast. I don't know where Sandra's from, but like either way, why are they hanging out in their bedroom just like chilling? I, maybe they had a quick like, maybe it was a marriage ceremony at City Hall. And then they decided to come home and just like, you know, just get into bed and, and watch Love is Blind. So there was something going on. This is th interesting. It was interesting. Found it a little bit funny. Found it a little bit suspect. My guess is that wasn't the day of the wedding. Just saying. Just saying. Okay. Um, then he goes on to have other one-on-ones. He has a one-on-one -on -one with, I don't remember exactly at this point, who maybe maybe um, Nancy, and there's a reason we don't remember her. They're having a little conversation, but the real drama is back where the women are hanging out with their glass of champagne or maybe sparkling apple juice. And this is between Kathy and Teresa. Guys, we have part two of the drama. This is like, this is a real housewives moment. So Kathy decides to take Teresa aside. Now, Teresa is the one, in case you guys forget, she has a really big mouth, smile. She's so sweet. Almost like doesn't look like she could ever kill a fly. She's just really sweet, like living her happy life. She's the one that they went to the diner and had that most amazing don't stop believing moment. So they're having this moment and they're sitting there having, um, you know, uh, a conversation, a very heated conversation. And this is coming off of what happened at the rose ceremony in last week's episode, where Teresa said very kindly to Kathy, yes, he's so sweet. He came and comforted me in the bedroom. And Kathy was like, you know, Teresa, that is what we don't want to hear right now. We don't want to hear when you're having a good time. We don't want to hear about your, your, ex, your experience with Gary. And she goes off on Teresa. She's like, now I'm going to teach you something. I'm going to teach you how to, how to do this. Are you, do you understand the words kiss and tell? We don't want to hear about it. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. And this was, this was vile. This was cruel. This was cruel. She says to Teresa, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I had a date one-on-one -on -one with Gary last night and he's going to send you home today. Teresa's like, huh? Okay. And Kathy goes, well, it didn't really happen, but would you want to know if it did? And Teresa's like, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, I'd want to know because I truly want Gary to be with the right person. And Kathy's like, uh, I don't think you'd want to know. We don't want to know. None of us want to know. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm going to tell you really good. Are you listening, Teresa? Do you understand what I'm saying? Zip it. Snip it. Zip it and snip it. Okay, zip it. I mean, I have never seen why, like Kathy is, she is so angry at, I mean, probably all the women, but we're really seeing her take it out on Teresa. As if Teresa is basically coming home and being like, Gary loves me, only me. Teresa is a little bit dingbatty. I do believe that she comes off a little bit like that, but then she has this conversation where she's, so she's alone with Gary and he's like, Teresa, I haven't seen you in so long. It's been such a long time. I'm really wondering how you are. And Teresa's like, well, there's been some behavior here and I am just, you know, fine. Well, actually, no, Gary brings it up to her because Gary's producers in his hearing aid says, you got to say to her, um, you know, how's the drama going? And so Teresa opens up and she basically says, 
about Kathy. Kathy told me to zip it, snip it, clip it, and bend and snap. Okay. Kathy told me zip it, clip it, snip it, bend, snap, and I'm not doing well, bitch. Okay. That's what Kathy told me, Teresa says to Gary. And Gary's like, I'm so sorry. Oh, this is not this is not what I like to hear. So anyway, they have a nice little conversation. They do a little awkward kissing. And then, and then Kathy comes on over for the date. And Kathy, who just came from a place of snip it, clip it, bend and snap it, Teresa, all of a sudden is so, so sweet with Gary, right? She sits down. Hi, Gary. And Gary goes, you know, Kathy, I've I've heard some rumblings. I'm not feeling good about this. I'm not feeling good about this. And Kathy immediately goes, I'm not the villain here, which is never a good sign. I don't think in any show of any bachelor or bachelorette in the history, have they ever chosen the person who says, I'm not the villain here, right? So Kathy is like, this is basically what went down. Um, You know, I'm not really, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to be the villain, but I just don't feel like this, this, that it's a bad conversation. There's clearly no super high chemistry in this moment at all. And because why would you, I can't imagine ever having chemistry with Kathy anyway, but like with this behavior, really no, not, it's a no for me. And then Kathy comes back and this is the most interesting part of it. Remember how Kathy was like, Teresa, stop telling us you're having a good time with Gary. Stop telling us. And then Kathy comes back and everyone's like, how was it? And Kathy's like, it was lovely. Teresa should have been like, stop telling me. Do not tell me you're having a nice time with Gary. You're supposed to keep that between just you and God, right? Then another very sweet conversation came out with Ellen. So Ellen is the one that really plays pickleball. Ellen is a little bit of like a quiet but growing on me type of person. She comes in and she basically has this lovely conversation with Gary. And she's like, I'm really finding myself falling for you, which I thought was so sweet. And she was like, I am feeling like butterflies. Anyway, Sandra gets the rose. Sandra, the one who missed her supposed daughter's wedding. She gets the rose and it goes on to uh, the one-on-one date, which I kind of fast forwarded through was her, him and Leslie. Leslie's like the hot one. She's like a hot dancer. She's got a good body. She's got dark hair. And they did some ATVs and hot tubbing in the middle of a field and, you know, whatever. Obviously, the rose came out. So she's fine. Sandra's fine. So essentially now we're coming down to the rose ceremony and something very interesting that I had never seen before happened. Nancy, who now has a full brace on her legs. So pickleball really, like, it was tough on her. Okay. Nancy really went home with some, or she went away with his pickleball, like some serious injuries. Right. So she ends up sitting down with Gary and she's like, I've never seen anything like this. She basically is like, I'm not, I'm not in the circle of the people you like. Right. Like I don't really, uh, I'm not really feeling like this was great. Like this worked. Right. And she basically says, I, um, and Gary says to her, uh, no, I can't really refute that. Like I have to agree. (laughs) You're great, but you're just not someone I'm really feeling. And she's like, okay, well, thanks. This was fun. Bye. And she leaves. And all the women are like, no, they're hysterical. Kathy, meanwhile, Kathy, the clip it, snap it, zip it, break, bend and snap it is all of a sudden like, oh, I can't imagine my friends are leaving. So weird. So odd. Um, Another thing that happens is in in this date night, Kris Jenner, I mean... Um, uh, now I can't remember her name, the short haired woman. She ends up going out on a, is it Susan? (laughs) They're all Susan. She ends up going out on, um, a little one-on-one outside and she looks so nice actually with her hair brushed back. Actually, so does Kris Jenner, Susan. And he gives her a quartz, which says, you remind me a lot of my, my, um, my, wife who passed away and I wanted you to have this. And she starts to cry. And then they have some crazy makeout, like, like lots of lips, lots of tongues. Guys, if you have misophonia and that really triggered you, I apologize. But like, wow, it was like, it was like this. It was like, it was a lot of licking, a lot of moments. I I couldn't, I had to walk away. I had to look away. It was again, like mom watching mom make out. So the final rose ceremony happens and the most important news here is that Kathy zip it, clip it, snip it, bend and snap it. She's gone. Okay. 
She's gone, thank God. And in the car, I love this. She's like, it was nice, Gary. It was nice. And in the car, you just see her rolling her eyes. She's very angry. And it's probably Teresa's fault, right? She left. Okay, so Golden Bachelor always will make me happy. Let's move on for a few minutes to Southern Charm. Have you guys watched Southern Charm? Southern Charm made me cry because this was the episode that we all knew was coming because it was out in the news that Olivia and um, Olivia and uh, Olivia's brother died of a, um, I believe, overdose. They don't say that in the show. But what we do see is the show starts with a couple scenes of it's just like a challenging episode, right? Because little Craig Jr., Shep's dog, was going through some sort of horrible attack, like um, illness and scary moment. So we saw Shep get vulnerable with little Craig, and he ended up being okay. And then um, we see Austin going home to his mom and dad. I love Austin's mom. I feel like I've really gotten to know her over the course of the show. But and, and dad, actually. And they have this kind of open conversation where Austin says, yes, I made out with Taylor. It was wrong. And I don't know what's wrong with me. And I'm starting to see a therapist. And then they bring up how being married to the person who is your best friend is so important when you go through really tough things, like when my daughter, their daughter died. And if you guys don't remember, a couple seasons ago, we find out that Austin's daughter died like very tragically on a hike falling off a cliff. Like, could you even, I can't even, um, at like seven or eight years old. So Austin was very, very young and they ended up having the the other daughter afterwards. But clearly that is a lot of emotion that comes up later in this episode, because then we find out that, um, sorry, that Olivia is supposed to have dinner with Vanita and Madison and while at dinner, she's not picking up the phone, Taylor calls, and we find out that, yes, Olivia's brother did die. Oh, they said it was complications from Lyme disease. I heard other things. I don't know what's right or what's wrong. But um, but anyway, regardless, very, very tragic to lose someone so young, and they were so close. Oh, Taylor also lost a brother. Whoa. That is really, really interesting. Um, so the rest of the episode is kind of like how everyone is handling it and how everyone is dealing with it. And to see Olivia go through that and have friends like Leva and Vanita there. And then of course, to see Austin go to therapy and talk about it. I think whenever you go through really traumatic things, it kind of forces you to overlook stupid little like whatever issues in your relationships and just kind of focus on really connecting strongly with the people that matter to you. And I've seen it firsthand in this last couple of weeks. So I think that that's actually what happens is like you kind of let petty shit go aside. Um, but these are real life shit things like real life issues, right? Like real life death and and tragically and then we also saw a sad scene between oh my gosh michael the butler teaching patricia how to make her martini and she got emotional because she was so sad that he was not no longer with them and she probably just felt sad that he's under care it was really an emotional episode through and through and i felt for all of them i felt for olivia I felt for Austin. I really felt for Austin. Because a lot of times we we tend to look at people for who they are now. But you know, they say your front front cortex, I forget what it's called, front cerebral cortex is developed when you're so young. And when people go through such trauma and tragedy at really young ages, like I remember reading Chelsea Handler's book and she was talking all about the death of her brother when she was young younger. And I truthfully like I I I think that when you go through some really, really traumatic things at any age is going to be hard. But when it happens to you, when you're a child and you're not fully developed, I think it really does trigger some really serious, you know, child trauma. And there's no, that's not something to overlook. Like we have to remember that these children are 
you know, their children going through all these horrible things. Anything we see in the world that is really triggering for anyone is usually about children. Why? Because we can all relate to either having children or being a child. It's an experience that is all all relatable, right? Being a human being means we were children at one time or have children of our own. And there's nothing worse than seeing a child struggle and suffer in such a way. So to lose a sibling or to lose a parent or to lose a friend or to go through anything traumatic as a child is going to mess you up. And for that, I do give Austin a little bit of a pass for struggling to commit, for struggling to commit in a relationship and commit in, in, yeah, just in general. And it's, he said it straight up in the therapy um, session who I thought that therapist was really good, by the way, you don't see a lot of great ones on TV, but I thought she was great. And she basically said like, I can see why you're struggling to commit to someone because is this the person that you're going to be able to be confident enough that you can get through losing a child together? Holy shit, you guys, that was heavy. It was a very heavy episode. And usually Southern Charm is like, but there wasn't a lot of bapadoos, right? It was like a really, really tough episode. And I'm glad we watched it because it gives you a side of, of them in a different way, in a different way. But anyway, I'm sending love out to anyone out there right now who is going through something traumatic, either in this moment, has gone through something traumatic in your life, is going through some real serious heaviness in this world. Um, it has been one of the most challenging times that I can remember in a very long time personally. And for a lot of you guys, I know the same. It's been very heavy. Um, and just because I talk about all this stuff doesn't mean that I'm not still 100% in it with you. But I realized that I was um, veering off into some really kind of sad, dark waters. And I'm like, no, Daily Dose of Donna is is happy. And it is um, a place to laugh and have fun and, and just let go of the world's heaviness for this time. So I appreciate you guys being there through this and, and not um, turning your backs on me during a time when it's just been a challenge. Like it's a human, human life will go through ups and downs. And when you watch a show like Southern Charm and you see this crew of like party and like fun and you see what happens when trauma happens, like it cuts everything down and off. It's just a normal, normal life reaction. And um, those of you that think that this makes the show bad, then you're not my person anyway is the truth. And if, the, if you are sticking by to Daily Dose of Donna because you do – see that the human side and that I'm not just a, a robot from Access Hollywood reporting the news, but I'm also a person, then you're my person. And that's why you're here. And I welcome you. And I thank you for being here. And um, I see you. So I love you guys. Have an amazing weekend. I'm off to spend some well-needed family time. And um, I'll update you guys all on that next week. So thank you guys and have an amazing Friday. Shabbat shalom. Bye.